We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now the Pelicans can just dribble it out. So with six seconds now, Lewis and the Pelicans are going to go to 2-0. The Knicks will fall to 1-2. Knicks, again, slice the 19-point lead to six, but they put themselves in such a big hole that unable to finish it or get closer than that. As they really struggle from the field, as Clyde just mentioned, and fall to New Orleans. All right. After that absolute slop fest, I don't even think I should bother reading the final score of that game. I'll share a, a brief anecdote and then we'll talk about this this game. I'm I'm down here setting up um, with there's about two minutes left in the game, and my daughter comes down and it was before they they scored the garbage time points, and she's is I think they were down eighteen or seventeen or something, and she's like, whoa. The Knicks are not doing good. I'm like, yeah, they're going to lose this one. And she's like, why are they going to lose? They could still win it. I'm like, well, see, the optimism, you got to love it. And every time I I don't even know who hit those last two garbage time threes, but every time that one of those threes went down, she was like jumping up and down like they can win it. They're so cute when they're young, but eventually they learn. And they and they figure out better. Uh, so the so the Knicks dropped this one. Uh, what, what the hell was the final score? Um, uh, ninety six to eighty seven uh, against a Pelicans team that is a a good team. I think they're a good team. They have a great player who, if he stays healthy all year, they'll probably be a very good team and finish with a very good record. As as both of my kids are now somehow here. Um, but, uh, we know what this was, uh, this was, I don't want to say it's a schedule loss, like a hundred percent schedule loss, but you know, sometimes the writing's on the wall and it felt like the writing was on the wall for this one, uh, pretty early on. Um, I imagine most of the conversation tonight will be about Julius Randle and we'll talk about Randle but before I I get to him I I, I do want to just like <laughs> a gentle reminder it's three games right it's three games so 
we cannot draw any hard and fast conclusions after three games. I don't know if you could draw any hard and fast conclusions after five games, six games, eight Like, you know, give me a nice 10-game sample size, and then we can start talking about, okay, this is something that is clearly wrong. This is something that is clearly right, uh, so on and, and so forth. That said, you know, y- y- it's okay to be concerned. And for as much as, um, you know, there have been some different things that have not gone well for the Knicks through three games and certainly some things that did not go well for the Knicks tonight. Um, it would it takes a lot for me, at least. And I understand not everybody will share in this in this level headedness. Uh, it'll, it takes a lot for me to, to go ahead and be concerned about something after three games. Three games worth of what we've seen from Julius. and with the acknowledgement that last night in Atlanta, I thought overall he played a really good game. His decision-making was excellent Um, on offense. He was really good considering here's the key word considering the shot was off. Well, the shot was off in game one and the shot was off tonight. So now it's three games in the books and three games where the shot hasn't been there. Um, Again, we are bordering on entering into the zone of why can't Julius Randle shoot the basketball or why does it look like he is not comfortable shooting the basketball? Benji Ridholtz was all over this on um, Twitter. I I noticed over the the last hour and and change where it's like there's a reason the coaches are telling Julius you got to shoot the ball when you have even a semi contested three. It's because if you don't, everything else crumbles. The reason, there's a lot of reasons why the Knicks were the third best offense in the league last year. A big part of that reason was in the NBA now, in a lot of situations, it's volume, not it's volume over accuracy in terms of importance to how your offense functions. And the fact that Julius Randle took the 10th most or 8th most or 11th most, whatever he took, three-point attempts in the league last year, um, that was a big... The fact that offense, defense is new... You know, this guy's going to fire. They they couldn't. It changed how they defended him, you know, and it opened up their offense in a lot of ways. And he needs to take those. And it just it looked like tonight he wasn't comfortable taking a lot of them. Um, he now, I, I, as I say that, I want to fully acknowledge he took five threes and he missed all five threes. Um, but then I'll kind of it's a it, it, I'm going to go right back to what I just said. It seems like he's not comfortable. There is so, there is a lack of comfort with him right now on the offensive end of the floor, and it was a lot more than just the shooting tonight. Obviously, when you finish a game with twice as many turnovers as you do made field goals, uh, it's a bit of a problem. That's what happened tonight. Eight turnovers for Julius, part of a, a, a larger turnover issue for the entire team. They finished the game with eighteen. Um, sloppy, you know. Shots falling short. I could blame that on being tired. Uh, the turnover stuff, maybe not. I mean, you know, I don't know what time these guys got into New Orleans. I was going to say last night, this morning. I don't know how much sleep they got. But like even the turnovers on the whole, I could kind of be like, all right, they're not crisp. They're not crisp because they didn't, you know, again, coming off a, a and and it's not even that they're coming off of a game that they finished 21 hours before the tip off of this game. And it was one road city to another road city. The intensity level of that Atlanta game in terms of up and down the floor, up and down the floor, up and down the floor, guys were gassed. 
it just didn't portend well for for tonight. Um, they fought. They always fight. You know, got it within six, but it, even when they did, it it didn't feel like they're going to have anything left uh, or n- not nearly enough in the tank. And then it ended up getting away from them again. Um, I kind of do want to touch on a couple of positives. Actually, no. Before I touch on some positives, uh, here's a fun number for everybody. This is the fifth time in uh, the Knicks history that they have taken at least 33-point field goals in a game and failed to hit at least 20% of those field goals. They finished 7 for 37, and again, the number was only that high, 18.9%, because they made the last two garbage ones in the end. Otherwise, this would have been the um, third worst three-point shooting performance for the Knicks, uh, again, in a game in which they put up at least 33s. So, not not their night. Um, not a great night from Jalen Brunson. Not really a great night for most of the players. Uh, another not-so-wonderful night from Dante DiVincenzo. It seems like Josh Hart, you know, with that's another one where it's like, not concerned yet, but with each additional game where it looks like Josh Hart isn't having his usual full-on Josh Hart impact that we got so spoiled with when he got traded here last season. Um, it makes you think back to the comments during the offseason or during training camp, I should say, where he talked about just like this summer took such a toll on him because of uh, FIBA and and just, yeah, uh, I'm rolling right from the playoffs into FIBA and and then into the season. So I, I don't know where he's going to get his rest. I saw some people joking about it in the Substack chat tonight. Somebody was like, so when exactly is he going to rest? And the response was like, May. Uh, I, it, you know, true. Uh, the truth is funny sometimes. Um, Grime shot was a little off. Uh, I've mentioned, I think I mentioned Brunson, Brunson four for 14, like not what you want. Um, so yeah, two, two out of three, very bad shooting games for Brunson as well, but at least he had the Atlanta one in between. So not, not really worried about Brunson. I'll, again, I'll chalk this one up to a, a back to back. Um, I let's end on some positives before we get to the super chats, uh, two positives. Uh, one, I'll start with RJ because coming off of last night, uh, in which he had what I, I certainly the post game seemed to agree was the 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 night of the the night of the game, the night of the game, the player. He was the player of the game. Um, I thought he followed it up pretty well. I mean, you know, like the rest of his teammates, couldn't throw it into the ocean from behind the arc. He went one for six. But if we were coming off of last night and we were so impressed with his decision-making and his processing and his playmaking and his passing and when to shoot and when to pass. It's just, this was another game where I thought all of that stuff was, was in, in, in good order. Uh, like the rest of his team, he got a little wrapped up with the stuff with the officials there in the second half. I should mention also, sorry, I, I know I'm all over the place. This was a, I've had a long night myself. Uh, Yes, as Mike Breen said on the broadcast, they did let the officiating get to them in a way that was a negative. Um, the officiating was bad. You know, uh, they showed it on the broadcast. Another instance, two day, two games after the first instance, another instance of a defender landing in Jalen Brunson's foot space uh, on a on his three point attempt. No call. Um, there were a few drives where. Nothing like Brunson talk about him where he looked back at the official and, and put it up one finger, just indicating like, can I get one? Like it, it was a bad whistle. 
And it's been a pretty shitty whistle for them since the start of the season. And I, I hope that equalizes because it, it was, it, I, I kind of forgot to lead with it because that's not why they lost the game, but it certainly didn't help matters. And again, this is a team that um, has shown itself to get in its head when the officiating doesn't go their way to a certain extent. And it, it did tonight. Um, I don't know why talking about RJ Barrett just made me think of that. But anyway, yeah, I thought RJ Barrett, his decision-making and everything we talked about that we praised him for last night. We could praise him for again tonight, even if the the shooting was off and then I saved the best for last because Mitchell Robinson. Um, I think there's an argument. It's if it's not Mitch, it's RJ. You could go with either one given their roles on this team and given what they're asked to do. From the certainly from the start of the preseason until right now, I would argue far and away the two most consistent, steady, solid, positive performers on the performers on the team have been Mitch and RJ and Mitchell Robinson. Another game in which he is doing everything that this team asks of him, everything that this team needs of him. I know Zion um, hit a couple high off the glass uh, with Mitch defending as the game went on. He is one of the five most unstoppable forces in the uh, NBA at the moment. That's no no shame on Mitch that he couldn't block those. Um, testament to Zion. But like finishes tonight, played 29 minutes. Uh, one By the way, 29 minutes after fairly certain he led the team minutes last night. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and fact check that. But like, again, I, I know we get on Mitch for his conditioning sometimes. Um, the fact that he was able to go as long as he was in this game and looked as good as he did. Yeah. 38 minutes last night. And then he played, he played 29 minutes tonight. Uh, final line, eight points, 15 rebounds, two blocks. And of course, 10 of those rebounds were on the offensive glass. Could not be more impressed with Mitchell Robinson early on this season. Could not be more impressed with Mitchell Robinson after this game. And um, that's good. And that's important because, you know, they're going to need him. Um, they're going to need him moving forward. Uh, that's all I have to say. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll close the intro by just saying, like I said at the opening yesterday of, of yesterday's post game, I thought that was a really important win. And I, I may have used the word massive win. Maybe not. I hope I didn't use the word massive win. It was an important win. I felt it was it was a necessary win. And I think tonight. It is like just think if they like if Trey Young converts that layup late and like that game has to go to overtime and they lose that baby and then they the the the, the tired legs weren't getting any less tired coming in tonight it, whether last night was a win or a loss and if we were sitting here talking about zero and three oh boy um it just one and two has a little bit of a different feel than zero and three now their job doesn't get easier um. They get two days off, thank God. But then back to back against Cleveland, and then uh, and then it's off to Milwaukee, and then it's the Clippers, and then you got San Antonio and Charlotte, and then um, a, a trip to Boston. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep saying it in every post game. Where do I sign up for five and five? <laughs> Truly, uh, but one step at a time. This team fights and claws and scraps, and and something tells me they will have, they will, they will figure out a way to get through these first several weeks of the season in one piece by hook or by crook. I think that's it. 
Um, if anybody, I hope nobody watching this, uh, I hope, I hope everybody, I, I, I really like, if you're listening to this on the, on the podcast on Sunday or Monday or whenever, good job on you, because it probably means you did something smarter with your time on a Saturday night than watch this game. Uh, but, uh, if you did watch this game, man, I hope you didn't bypass something better, a good Halloween party or whatever, something dinner. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to it. See what people have to say. Starting off with Jasso focused. What's going on, Josh? Appreciate you chiming in and always being a supporter of the show. Uh, that was a Randall half. Oh, so I guess this, is a, this was probably after the first half. Little did he know it was coming in the second half. It didn't get any better. Uh, that makes you think maybe a swap for Zion could be worth it. You can find bad plays for every for everyone, but that turnover to alley oop play. Yeah, it's it's been it's been the same story. I mean, tier five, you know. There is something about a bad Randall game that is it's man because you know it what makes them so aggravating? I don't I don't know. I think it's probably I mean we've talked about it before, but you know, the fact that the defensive effort is always kind of a question mark. Um I think there is an inherent you know, inherent desire to, if I'm going to like, if he's not playing well, I'm going to be harsher than, than usual than against like another, another guy. But it's, I guess, you know what it's, here's why. Okay. Took me a while to get here, but I think this is it. Last night against Atlanta was not his night shooting wise. He recognized it and he used his abilities, which are significant. Two all NBA teams. Again, two all NBA teams. Can't do that without significant basketball abilities. He used his other basketball abilities to make his team better and to help his team win the game. We know he could do it because he just did it last night and he's done it other times over the course of his career. So when you get a game like this, where instead of leaning into those other ways, how else can I help my team win tonight? And it's more like, nope, I'm going to keep going back to the well. I'm going to keep, you know, trying to put the ball on the floor. And it's like, and you end up, you know, you look and it's four for 15 and it's eight turnovers. And it's like, man, do we really need to get go go so far down that road? Um, you know, but at the same time, if it's one thing I've learned about Julius is to be more measured in my criticism because he is a great player, isn't a good good season so far. He's a great player. And this is all kind of part of his process, so to speak, which is a weird way of saying it. Um, but you know, he's a confident guy and all stars are confident. And like, it, maybe it's just stuff to ask him to, to on a regular basis, be like, Nope, you know, don't shoot it tonight and look to do other things. It's not really in his DNA. Thanks. Joe. I appreciate you. Robert Cross. Wonder how wonder how Mr. 53 wins is doing tonight. Uh there are not enough curse words in the English language to describe the officiating tonight. See, this is what I was this is what I was worried about. Officiating, not good. Did not help. Did not help. The team was bad. <laughs> okay. And this team is capable of being bad at times. Which is why I always push back against you when you want to sell me a, a bill of goods. Um about 
their ceiling as is. It's just like, you know, when you, it's they they're capable of losing. You know, it was not the officiating that beat them tonight. You know, they I tired legs beat them more than anything. Um, but yeah, they just they just weren't good. But fishing didn't officiating didn't help. Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? When you go five for thirty-two from three, you're not going to win many games. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, despite the overall rough effort, I can't be more effusive in my praise for Mitch. Freaking beast! Everybody should be effusive in their praise for for Mitch. Um, I know he was going back home to New Orleans, uh, but like, oh, you know, it's like kind of what we're a lot of the same talking points for Barrett. Not quite the same, but. <laughs> For the first several years of Mitch's career, what do we want? We just want a consistency. Last season, we kind of finally got that consistency. Now we're it seems like we've taken even another step up in consistency. But he's also just he's in full command of his arsenal of skills, which are is a limited skill set, but the skills he has are otherworldly. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate you, man. Robert Cross with another one. First time, long time, it's your boy. Real happy with Mitchell Robinson's effort and impact tonight. Hashtag 53 wins. Yep. I, I don't have anything to add to that. That's You've always been a Mitch guy, Robert. I'll give you that. You've always been a Mitch guy. You've believed in Mitchell Robinson and you have never given up on him. You've never, you've always, I think, saw, saw the ceiling there. Um, more so than your average young player, which I know you like all the next young players. So yeah, good game for Mitch. Uh, Guy Huber then. What's going on, Guy Huber? Can't argue with 25 and 10 unless you watch every game and experience his lows. Chalk this one to bad scheduling, but slightly concerned about some guys. Yeah, it's okay to do to, to say some guys. Um you know, I'm um the the backup unit, I'm you know, I mentioned hard. I'm kind of touched on DiVincenzo. It, I, that, I feel like maybe that's gonna be a little bit more of a work in progress than we thought it might. I, I talked about this a little bit last night too. Um, just finding that cohesion. Um, you know, I'll also get, I guess I'll also say that. So we said, how many nights ago was opening night? I've completely lost track of days, four nights, four days ago, five days ago, whatever. It was Wednesday. We were like, man, we're never going to see another game where Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall both shoot that poorly again. And they didn't shoot that poorly tonight. They were eight for 29. But pretty close to how bad they shot in game one. And like, I know, like, obviously, we're talking about the tired legs tonight and the officiating and all the, you know, the the free throw stuff from the opening night and whatnot. When your two best players have bad games, it's generally not going to go well. And tonight it wasn't the free throw shooting, although I don't think they shot well from the line. Uh, it was the three point shooting. Um, this team needs to start putting it together because they have not, there's stuff to like, but they've not played well on the whole through three games. So let's hope we see a, a nice effort in the back to back against the Cavs. Thanks, Key Huber. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Russ Guberman, what's going on, Russ? Hey, John. Getting a feeling that we're in for a patented Orange Julius down year trademark. It's a, it's a nice touch. <laughs> Is he motivated without the specter of Obi on the bench? That's a different, you know, that's an interesting one because the 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 thought by a lot of people, and I'm not sure how much I bought into this, but I, I certainly couldn't rule it out, was that without him having to look over his shoulder at Obi Top and without him hearing the fans chanting Obi and knowing how popular Obi was, maybe that would kind of free up Randall's mind even more and he'd be able to relax more and and he would perform that much better. I've never heard this theory. It's definitely a different theory. Um, you know, one, I'm not... I don't know that I'm going to rule. I, I mean, look, I it's again, it's three games. I don't think we need to start coming up with crazy theories. I think the simplest... Expl- let's... Uh, I should know this law. I've taught science enough enough years. Whatever the law is that says the simplest explanation is probably the correct one. Julius Randle has had a a certain off season, not the same off season regimen, but he prepares in the off season a certain type of way, and more importantly, uses the entire off season for that preparation. This off season, he was not able to prepare that way because he had surgery on his ankle. So I wonder if what we are seeing is merely a byproduct of the fact that he didn't get his usual offseason under his belt and and he's he's not ready to go yet fully. Um that to me is the most likely scenario. I don't think we need to talk about he just doesn't have Obi looking over his belt or you know I, I mean I I made a big deal out of the agency switch thing. I don't I don't even think that I don't think that's relevant. I think it's just he needs to ramp up. He needs to get in a groove. And I, I think he will. He's a great again, he's a great player. I've said a lot of bad things about him in the past. He's a great player. He's frustrating as all hell. But my God, uh when he gets going, he makes us all kind of do a 180. Uh thanks, Russ. Appreciate you, man. Hi Sue. I know it's early, but famous last words. I feel like there were a few preseason comments. I know it's only preseason, but okay. I know it's early, but like I said yesterday, Randall just doesn't look right. I'd like Bronson and Randall uh, to play more of a two-man game together. 
Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I well on the two man game thing, like the whole point of two man game between two perimeter players is like you're either opening up a driving lane and or you're opening up <clears throat> an open three point shot. And teams are always going to go under on both of these guys, so. Um, you know they need to be hitting their shots, and and neither of them was hitting threes tonight. But yeah, sure, I'm I'm always down for more more actions that put two of your best players in the in the action together. Um, Randall just doesn't look right. Yeah, uh, sums off, sums off. I just again, it it I'm not losing my mind about it because it's it's three games, so it's, it's three games. Tonight was bad. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I that that this was. It's so early in the season, and like the stakes are still low. So, it it probably wouldn't make the bottom ten, but like that, just from a pure stat line perspective, I mean, Jesus Christ, eight turnovers and four field goals on fifteen shots. That's that that might be in contention for a bottom ten Randall game. I I, I wonder if anybody has any other contenders off the top of their head. Um, thanks, Hush. Appreciate you. Jesse M, what's going on? Hot take trading Obi will be a bigger deal than people have yet to realize. Team is missing a guy like him on Randall off nights. Uh, you might be right. I don't that's I don't know if that's a hot take, Jesse. Um You know So much of the attention was focused on how little they got back for Obi, which inevitably drove the conversation in that direction. And then we talked about, you know, well, what type of player is Obi? And like, there's not as much of a market for those sorts of players and so on and so forth. And this, that, and the other thing. Um, and then there was also the, the DiVincenzo angle of it, which clearly this team wanted to go in the direction of, of DiVincenzo. And then that led down another road, which is like, well, why would they sign another guard? Could it be because they anticipate a, a, a either a consolidation trade or a star trade in which they have to send out several of their, you know, y- young homegrown guard prospects in that sort of trade, and they're going to need guys who could step into those roles and so on and so forth. And if you bring in Divincenzo, you certainly not going to have enough minutes for Obi because there's barely enough. For, there's not really enough minutes for Divincenzo. All these different things we talked about. One thing that I know I did not spend really any time going into was how it seems like like the only logical, real, like the best reason to explain why they traded him was because they were doing him a favor. They wanted him to get an opportunity to earn a genuinely decent NBA contract um, in a situation where he could actually show people what he has because I think the front office after three years, and I think there's been back and forth with Tibbs and, you know, I'm sure there are people in the organization who would have liked to see a lot more small ball over the years. And they, the front office just kind of relented and was like, this guy's not going to play here. So we're going to do him a solid. And like, you know, they got back the second round picks that they got back and like, those are what they are, whatever. But like they did him a favor. By trading him, they did him a solid, and that's not something we dove into very much. 
And like, again, you could immediately turn back to the DiVincenzo thing. It's like, well, if Obi's here, does that mean they, they don't have DiVincenzo? And like, is that for the best? Or, or I, I don't know. You could go a lot of different directions with it. But like, just that point and whether whether the, the downside risk to doing a player a solid was maybe a little bit more pronounced, Jesse, than, than, we, than we realized. And specifically because of what you're saying, because of the fact that Julius Randle is not the most consistent guy. And, and when, his, when he's off, he's really off. The only counter to that is, and this is not saying something kind of my beloved Tom Thibodeau, but like the counter to that is like, well, who gives a fuck if Obi was still here? Randall would be having shitty nights and Tom wouldn't play him anyway. And that, they're right. And it was, those nights were infuriating. So, you know, I don't know. Um, it's a fair point. I don't think it's a hot take at all. Thanks, Jesse. Hush it with another one. Brunson needs to look to create for others more when he's off. So basically taking what we're saying about Julius and turning it on its head in terms of Brunson. That's my biggest critique of him. He seems to always be trying to find his own. Yeah, I, it's fair. I'm, I'm a big time Brunson defender. Now, look. He shot 14 times tonight. He had five assists. He had one turnover. Um. <clears throat> I tend to give the benefit of the doubt more to Brunson than Randall or anybody on the team for that matter, just because the proof is in the pudding and he has a history of like being just one of the most efficient shooters in the league. Um, but the only, the only point I'll say to counter that, and th- this is, th- this is not to say that you are incorrect in, you're not wrong, but tonight I don't think it would have mattered. Because tonight nobody was in threes. And, you know, it's like, look, and I, I was trying to make this point earlier and I got sidetracked, but last season, we talk up and down about all the reasons for success. They won games when Brunson was awesome and they won games when Randall was awesome. Like, I, I put the stat in one of the preseason newsletters. Like, this team was on a 53 or a 54 or 55 win pace in games where either Brunson led them in scoring or Randall led them in scoring. Like they were really, they were, they were a 50 win team when Brunson or Randall led them in scoring and quickly too, by the way, when quickly led them in scoring, they were good too. Um, And when those guys were off, they didn't do as well, you know? So like they need Brunson to find his own offense. Otherwise it's, it's more of an uphill battle. Could he stand to create for others a little bit more? Absolutely. You know, and this is a guy I really don't like criticizing, and it's a—I think it's a fair criticism. But he's growing as a player. All these guys are growing as players. Jasso focused with another one. Last one. Woof. <laughs> Let's get both Cavs games. Um, man, I'll get—I'll sign for one or two. I—I—I I, I feel like, I feel like that's going to be a split. I'm just going to say it right now. I don't know how it's going to be a split, but I think it's going to be a split. Somehow, some way, it's going to be a split. It's my gut feeling, which, of course, my gut feelings are never wrong. Uh, hush, hush with another one off topic. Cunningham Duran, insane duo to watch. Yeah, I saw they were uh, they were up on some decent team before. Yeah, they beat the Bulls. Now, the Bulls have their own issues and they're coming off a long night last night. Um, I Kate Cunningham was my pick for most 
improved player of the year. Um, seems like he's maybe making that look like a, it's a nice bet. Cavs lost tonight, by the way. So Cavs are now one and two. Cavs have the same record as the Knicks. So both of those, both of these teams, the Cavs and the Knicks, will be entering that series one and two. Should be interesting. And who would they lose to? The Pacers. Um, Obi Toppin's Pacers, as it were. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. And the Duran thing, like, look, I've, I've said my piece on Duran. I don't think it's a guy that the Knicks need to feel bad about not having on their team because Mr. Robinson, we keep singing the praises. Mitch, they knew they were going to get him on a good deal. And Duran's never going to be the guy that I'm going to be upset about how that about or or um, my wondering will always be about Jalen Williams because Jalen Williams is probably going to be an all-star wing at some point. And um, they could have got that dude, but money and it ended up with Hardenstein and could they, you know, would it really, would it have impacted their ability to get Brunson? I don't think so. I think the money was still there, but I digress. Uh, those guys are really good. And I think they are the two cornerstone pieces that Detroit has. And uh, we'll see if they have any other cornerstone pieces on this roster. I mean, I know they just drafted the kid, uh, the Thompson twin. So we'll see if he's good. We'll see what happens with Ivy. You know, a lot, lot to watch there. I don't know how good they're going to be this year, but we'll see. Drazov, what's going on, Drazov? Didn't catch this one because of the Wisconsin OSU game. Go Badgers. Based on the box score, hopefully this was influenced by the back-to-back scheduling. Big love to RJ and Mitch again, though. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. So it 100% was influenced by, but, you know, was it, I mean, they got the lead down to six. They got the lead down to six in the, I think it was the third quarter. So like there was a world where this, and then, and that, and I guess that's probably why it's fair to, I, I shouldn't have snapped at Robert before. It's why it's maybe more fair than it otherwise be to criticize the officiating because the officiating really reared its ugly head right around when they got the lead down to six. So, um, yeah, but like, again, you know, shot 19% from three and your two best players couldn't really hit a basket. So, yeah, scheduling loss, but yeah. Will Oliver, what's going on, Will? Let's stay positive. I like it. RJ seems to be unlocked. Mitch looks good. We all know Brunson, Randall, and everyone else will figure it out. It's a long season. <clears throat> Here's a hot take. Uh, this, is, this is fucking spicy. I don't know. I don't know if Robert Cross is still watching. I think this he might fall over on his couch on this one for a variety of reasons. I don't think he's going to know what to do with this one. I think you could argue that. Well, to some extent, to some extent, you could argue that a young player making a leap this season is more important than anything else that happens for the Knicks this year. And I say to an extent, if a young player makes a leap and the Knicks finish 35 and 47 and miss the play in and like, you know, Brunson reverts back to like, or not reverts back, but like Brunson should like regresses significantly. Randall regresses significantly. Like they're no longer, no longer an organization that seems desirable for someone to come play for a star to come play for. That's what I mean. But like to a certain extent, but like, I think you could absolutely make the argument that like a, it would be better for the organization if they had a, you know, 
43 win campaign, just throwing a number out there. And they like lost in the first round, tough first round matchup with, you know, some higher seeded team. Um, but RJ Barrett like clearly made a leap. Then if they win 50 games, but it's mostly on the back of Brunson and Randall, no young player makes a leap. And like they, you know, push, you know, the Bucks to seven games in the second round or, or, or even like you or even make like the Eastern Conference Finals or something like that. Um, now, I have a tough time imagining a world where they would make the Eastern Conference Finals if a young player didn't take a leap. So, like, again, you can only push the analogy so far. The point is, RJ, if he really is unlocked and if this really is is real and it keeps going, again, three games, three games, three games, three games. Um, it just, it is, it would have such massive significance for such a variety of reasons. So, um, yeah, one and two hasn't always been pretty yada, yada, yada. RJ looks great. <clears throat> Thanks. Will. Juanon, what's going on? Juanon refing in this in the last game was as bad as the judging in the fury. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce the other gentleman's name fight. Uh, so before I read the rest of your comment, I actually knew there was a big fight tonight because I was over my, Buddy, uh, shout out to my buddy Bernardo Zorowski. Him and his wife uh, Lily, lovely wife Lily, hosted a delightful Halloween party uh, at their home tonight, and uh, he was very excited to watch this this match. Um, and that's all I could say about it. I have no idea anything else about it, but I, I imagine the judging was bad. Uh, funny you mentioned missed plans. Passed up dinner to watch this shellacking. I hope it wasn't dinner at any place. Good man. I would, I'd love to go out for dinner. I, I, I would want to go for dinner right now. I really, I didn't eat that much today. and I'm kind of hungry. What do you think I, my wife would do if I came upstairs after this and I like nudged her awake? Cause I'm sure she's sleeping already. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to get a bite. Do you mind? I would think she, I was fucking insane. Anyway, just random musings. Uh, thanks. You on the 77, seven turnovers in three quarters, three quarters is wild. Eight total. Julius Randall is tripping. Um, short and sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty freaking wild, <laughs> and he is tripping. <laughs> Thanks, the seventy-seven. Why the seventy-seven? Was that Bargnani's number? I think it was Bargnani's number. Uh, Danishevsky with another one. Randall's worst game was the Bulls game at the end of twenty-one twenty-two. You're gonna make me look up that fucking game. Why are you giving me actual work to do, Kevin? Um. <clears throat> Uh, well, I'll look it up and then I'll take the next one. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll judge that as soon as I look up the stat line because I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, which is maybe a, a bad sign. Maybe I blocked that out of my memory. Um, what's next? Oh, this is the last one. Okay, great. So we'll finish with this. <laughs> I just saw the chat. Justin's like, this is the last comment. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, the Bulls game at the end of 21-22. So I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't see another Bulls game. Okay, so here's the game Kevin is talking about. You ready? It was on March 28th, 2022. It was actually a win against the Chicago Bulls in which Julius Randle played 27 minutes, shot one of nine from the field, 0 of four from three, 
did have 13 rebounds and four assists and only three turnovers. I don't know, man. And he scored five points. Kevin, I got to tell you, if that's his worst game, three turnovers versus eight turnovers. Mm, I know he only hit one field goal in that one, but I feel like the turnovers. I'll tell you this. I bet I know which one Tom Thibodeau thinks is worse um, because there's nothing that man hates more than turnovers. I'm actually just looking at it now. Um, Julius Randle never had a game in which he had more than seven turnovers in the 21-22 season, which was just absolutely the most painful thing that uh, any of us have seen. Uh, he did. This is not his career high in, in turnovers, though. In his second season with the Knicks, the 2021 season, Julius Randle had nine turnovers in a win against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Again, I don't remember this game at all. Uh, this was, oh, this is the fourth game of the year. I remember this game, actually. Yeah, sorry. That was stupid. This is a big win in the moment because the Cavs were 3-0. The Knicks were 1-2. and And they won this game. And it was like, oh, the Knicks are spunky. Yeah, Julius Randle's stat line in that game, 28 points on 9 of 16 shooting. So he shot it well in that game. 12 rebounds, 11 assists. So he had a triple-double. He almost had a quadruple-double, though, because he had nine turnovers. That was his career high in turnovers. So he j- he missed that by one by one turnover tonight. Man, uh, Julius, why don't, we, why don't we do everybody a favor and try to keep that Cleveland game as your career high in turnovers? And let's try to go in the other direction. What do we think? Okay. Uh, on that note, APJP, uh, unless we got anything else, shout, shout out to APJP, uh, produced... Uh, last night and produced tonight. Um, and he will, I believe, be back with us uh, for me and Jeremy show tomorrow. Be sure to check that out. Uh, the regular Monday podcast, as always. I fuck. I think Jeremy won the week. I think he predicted one and two. God damn it. Even when I even when I lose, I can't win. Um so yeah, all that all that stuff coming up. Uh, enjoy your rest of your weekend, everybody. Uh, don't forget, rate, subscribe, review the whole thing, and we will see you soon. Peace out. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.